Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 372 of Pixels and Ink, the official podcast of CG Magazine, where we take a critical eye to gaming, comics, tech, and media. I am your host today, Krista Hoog, and I am joined by our editor-in-chief, Brendan Fry. Hello there. And Jordan Biordi. Hello, hello. And uh, Why are you British? This... I don't know. I was trying something new. It didn't work. Okay. <laughs> Shouldn't you have like a San Francisco accent or something? I, I don't know what that Will is. Does that make Canadian? Because most people in San Francisco from Canada or somewhere around that area. Or just talk about rice aroni, I guess. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, yeah. that seems racist. <laughs> no, it's the, it's the San, San Francisco, Francisco treat. treat. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's literally the only <laughs> thing I know about that. Yeah, that's the one thing I was like, I was like, I better find some rice aroni while I'm down here because. <laughs> at at some point it. in the 90s, sitcoms drilled that phrase into my head, and I literally have no idea what the product is or who we actually consume. I believe it or it's anything. just like craft dinner with rice. Yeah, I think so. That, that follows, I guess. Yeah. I only really, I really know about it from the Weird Al song, I Lost on Jeopardy, because that was one of his consolation prizes. You got Waisaroni? Yeah, the San Francisco treat. I feel like it was also a big thing on, well, I mean, Full House was set in San Francisco too, so. Yeah, that was the one thing I didn't, my, one of my other friends was like busting me to go see the house, and I was like, I didn't watch Full House, I don't care about it. <laughs> yeah, right, oh, so that, that's, like, why you, that's why you, you didn't tell us to cut it out then? When, oh, yeah, yeah, no. Also, just, I'm just going to throw it out there, just because it's real weird. Guess who owns the company that makes Riceroni? Um, Jeff Bezos. No, I mean, that would be <laughs> Quaker, which is also owned by Pepsi. Huh? Yeah, just, just let that sink in for a second. Good old Don't... fashioned de facto monopolies. Yeah. That's <laughs> more of an oligopoly to... or like vertically integrated corporation. Uh, yeah, okay, I, I guess that's true. But I mean, like Pepsi owns so much now. Like, it's just like it's like Disney is going to slowly own the whole world. Well, we'll we'll soon be split into two halves: Pepsi or Coke, and everything will be owned by one of the two. I, mean, I sat on the RC Cola it. side of the room. Demolition Man, Pepsi, uh, Taco Bell will be fine dining in the future. You know. Oh yeah, you got to use the three uh, shells. I don't understand. <laughs> oh, and Microsoft. Microsoft will own like a third as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's fair. It's, uh, this podcast Anyways. got off to a roaring start. <laughs> it's a real great start. You got weird. Okay. I blame San Francisco. But uh, our our first story this week is actually some positive news, which is nice. Uh, if it if it turns out to be everything we hope it'll be. Uh, mm-hmm. This week, a oh, group no. of Democrats uh, started to push a bill called the Stopping Grinch Bots Act, which is aimed to crack down on cyber Grinches, the actual word they used. Okay. using bot technology to quickly buy up whole inventories of popular holiday toys and resell them to parents at higher prices. I have um, one question about this. Um, because you ha- they can stop people within the U.S. borders. It's going to be a lot harder to sell- stop people in other countries because I guess you could just make it so bots can't buy things from within U.S. brands. I mean, there's ways you could do it, but it seems like it's going to be really hard to implement technology-wise. Yeah, because yeah, theoretically, I mean, like couldn't... The- couldn't you use a VPN to just like change your like to like change I guess like where your like signal pings from so you can like buy stuff from like other countries but still within the like like set your IP your, to a different country but still buy shit within the the US? Probably yes, you could. I mean, probably not... most most scalpers are probably already using VPNs to start with. Yeah, yeah I, I can't see them being like, "This is my house. This is where." I... Well, then again, they're shipping things somewhere, so. You could just say if someone buys like thirty PS5s, maybe they get a fine. I don't know. 
Yeah. I mean, I take yeah. I take a bit of umbrage with calling it, you know, the anti-Grinch law because, you know, the Grinch really wasn't the villain in that story. And I will stand by this till the day I die. <laughs> I mean, okay. That's cool. Um, I think it's missing the point, but sure. No, no. It's, <laughs> it's obviously the point. The Grinch was pissed off at his obnoxious, loud-ass neighbors who were keeping him up all goddamn night on Christmas Day because of their stupid, uh, like, completely obtuse, like, unnecessary, loud-ass toys that they got. He's right. He cracked down hard on some stupid, lousy neighbors. (laughs) Like some of those stupid, like when you look at the the like the the, the floon flugers and all those dumb things, like they serve no purpose. They're just designed to be obnoxious. Like most like Doctor Seuss himself. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, I I I have no love for Doctor Seuss, but that's just. I think some of his things were good, and then oh, some yeah. of them aged really badly. And then there's some mixed messaging because in the Grinch one, commercialism is great. In the Lorax, commercialism is bad. Well, you know, I think, I think the, the the problem the problem with with like that that thing is like the movies kind of effed up those messaging because I mean again no, no. like as much I mean the the books were about commercialism and overconsumption for the Lorax is bad yeah the, and then the book for the Grinch was hey buy lots of stuff give it to your family that's great well. I, I mean, no, that was more the that was more the movie because the book the book as much as I like you know in like will jest about like the the Grinch's motivations like the the actual heart of the book is like understanding that of- like the meaning of Christmas is like being with family right because the whole point is that he takes all their toys and it doesn't matter it's the movie True. that really pushes that consumerism angle. I mean, I wasn't even thinking about the movie. I was the books. I didn't, I've actually not seen the modern movie. <laughs> Oh, the, I mean, I like the Jim Carrey movie, I'll be honest, but yeah, no, the, the book is a little bit more like, uh, a little bit more like generous with its messaging. Because the Lorax too, the Lorax movie, like, is like, the consumerism is bonkers. bad until it's good, until it's bad again. Like, the until I become a best-selling bonkers. author, and then it's really good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Lorax movie sucked. But much like this tangent, I think the name of the spell does miss the point. (laughs) Um, Like, it's not just a Christmas time, like a holiday shopping season time thing. It's, this has been a problem for a year now. Like, it's not, this is an an all-around thing. So this is either going to, I don't know, like, distract the other, uh, like, senators that are voting on it, or help them push it through. Like, I, I, I don't know if it's going to give them context based on the name. Like, you you have to dumb it down, explain it to them, like, like, five, and call it the Grinch. Oh, that's bad. I'll vote against that, <laughs> or I'll vote to support this. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's 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 rough. Like I know that uh, retail workers are like PS fives and Xbox Series Xs are coming in, um, and there's a lot of very stringent policies people have to follow to protect mm-hmm. um, scalpers from getting them. Um, and it's still it's still working. Like I, or it's still still happening because i saw someone on facebook marketplace in my area yeah. who had a this big ad posting that he had uh two or three ps5 disc versions and yeah. series x's and all the stuff and like selling for exorbitant markups I guess somehow this like, one like, guy locally got all this stuff so i mean I guess, i've seen a lot of the uh, ps5s plus like a single controller for like fifteen hundred dollars i'm like that's like three times the price fifteen hundred yeah well see that that controller thing is because gamestop makes you buy a controller with it <laughs> Yep, that's why. So, yeah, yeah, that's super. That that is super weird. Like, it's like why? No, like, it, if, it's it's making it so it's a little bit more barrier to entry of people just buying one thing, but also it sells more stuff. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, there is that too, but I mean, yeah, because, or, or it's also conversely having the effect of driving the prices up because now the scalpers have to pay, you know, 90 bucks more to get the system from the, from this store. So yeah, they have to market up that much more to people. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. There's no elegant way around it. But if this bill happens to take some of the pressure off somehow, yeah, like I, I certainly hope it passes because it can't hurt, right? I mean, no. let's be clear. It could hurt because it depends. It, old people making bills about technology never ends well. That's like they could make it so if you buy two consoles, you get a fine. And you're like, but I was just buying two consoles as an normal adult. Because how would you like identify a bot compared to not bot? So there's, there's going to be false positives. How they enforce it can be bad. You're buying, let's say you're one guy and you're buying it for like three of your family members. Is that going to trigger it? Who knows, right? There needs to be some oversight and there needs to be some people that know technology put into the mix because if not, it could just be something really dumb. I think in concept, stopping scalpers and stopping um, resellers, good idea. In practice, if it's done badly, it could make it worse for everyone. I think I think at least at least when it comes to like specifically the PlayStation Five, because I have actually gone around like just like you know to like the odd Walmart and seen a Series X or a Series S like behind the case. So like Microsoft actually at least seems to be like putting these things on the shelves. Like I know Sony has been really hardlined with the PS Five about not shipping it to stores, or like if they do, it's in like the most like 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 worse than Nintendo kind of numbers. Like I think, and I, I understand, you know, like with, with like COVID still raging and now we got, you know, yeah. Omicron potentially making things worse. Like there is a certain degree of like, okay, we can't, uh, we can't put these in stores like, you know, under, under just like an abundance of caution, but realistically this problem really isn't going to change just by the nature of the way things are done online. So like if you start at least putting them in stores and then stores can sort of set those individual I limits. Mean, Joe, there are ways to do it. You can make it so if you buy a console, you have to upload your ID or something like that. And that ID can only be used for one console. They, there, there are ways you could do it. Yeah. But, but like, but theoretically can, couldn't like hackers privacy, and like privacy concerns could, there, you know, well, that's what I mean. People they could still get around that, right? They could write algorithms that could just load in informa- like false information faster than yeah, people you, you are able to You make it so that the, the card being used also has to match the ID upload. This, there are, the technology is in place. You could do that. It's just how much is a privacy concern and how much is not. Yeah, yeah. That, no, that's, yeah. that's fair. I'm thinking. I guess yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about it all along like way more simplistic lines. Just, just like put them in stores. The stores can limit it to one. One. I mean, like, the problem is you have stores being shut down. And... What if you put it in a store that happens to get a COVID outbreak and they no one can get at those consoles for like? Yeah. What happened to that? Like, there's no. That's so yeah. Many that's many things. That's what I'm saying too. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. That's why it's like that's why it's not right now. It's not tenable. But that's really to me like the most simple solution. Yeah, I think the answer is. Um, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X launched at the possibly worst time with a chip shortage, with people really wanting these consoles, even though there's no real games for them yet. Like, yeah. at all. Um, and then you have the fact that you're dealing with a console that is not being made very often, but people still want it. And stores are hit or miss if they're going to have stock. And then you have all these new bots and stuff that have released in open source communities that make it super easy to scalp things. So it's really hard. You could just make it scalping laws. So if people scalp and a, a police officer finds it, there's a fine. That's another way you could do it. So they yeah, could get probably, like, it's probably the best way to like, troll these listings. Yeah. yeah. 
so you can get 50 consoles and every single one you could face like a thousand dollar fine people are going to quickly stop selling them yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean the or or you know maybe there could be a grinch stall miracle and the scalpers could you know, roll <laughs> heart sizes and stop screwing <laughs> over other people but I mean, that'd be neat yeah i'm down with that Occam's razor that the day, easiest day. <laughs> the scalper's heart grew three sizes and then he sold the heart. Maybe PS5s there. don't come from a store. Maybe PS5s mean a little bit more. Or maybe they could come out of the back of his trunk. <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving along to our weekly uh, Activision Blizzard Watch segments. Um, One more time. I mean, mixed, mixed news on this because I, I uh, mixed feelings for this, but... Uh, Jessica Gonzalez, one of the key organizers within Activision Blizzard, or Blizzard specifically, uh, has resigned this week and has, has has accepted a different position with a different studio. That sounds like a big move up for her. So mm-hmm. uh, good, uh, good on like I'm happy for her personally that she's going to be out of that environment, and moving on to yeah. bigger, better things. But also, it's what's going to happen with the movement without a key organizer behind it. I I question what's going on at Activision Blizzard. I know. Um, Bobby Kodak has put out a statement that if he can't fix it, he'll resign. But he's the one that says it's not fixed or is fixed, so that's a yeah. It's like if uh, I say it's not fixed, I'll resign. Like, why would you ever do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're accountable only to yourself, so it's it's a empty gesture. You could decide you don't want to, and you're like, nah, it's fixed enough. We're good. Yeah, it's like he's and he really has no like no real reason to uh, to mean, like honestly, ever step down. He owns most of the shares anyways. Just step down. Put someone else in charge. You're still in charge of the board. And then do your thing. Makes Nintendo, it makes Sony, it makes Xbox happy. And then you just still rank in the dollars. You just can't get those weird, like, exorbitant uh, payouts that he gets every year that people have been like, hey, maybe don't drain all the money from the company for your one, like, bonus you get every year. But that's cool. Um, yep. Yeah. But I, I think he'd be giving up. But he's also a billionaire, so who cares? Yeah, he could literally make no more money for the rest of his life and and not be like and not have a problem. He um, also owns most of the shares, anyways. Well, well that's that's interest. So that's kind of what I was literally just leave. Say, as chairman of the board, I also get a bonus, and then do that, and then be done with it. Well, that was kind of what I was going to say. Is like at at that point, and this has been a problem with activision blizzard right now like um in the midst of this of all these 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 allegations and all these loss and it's like this like major lawsuit is that like everything they're doing has kind of just been these empty hollow gestures it's like hey we're going to implement a zero tolerance policy for harassment but it's not going to affect bobby kotick hey we're going to implement a task force to make sure that the zero tolerance policy is being enforced why don't we put a bunch of like high ranking members of activision blizzard who you know pr- who like you know supposedly engaged in this ab- abuse and this uh and this toxic behavior on the task force and it's not and that's not going to have to answer to bobby Kotick and you know the guy who was apparently in charge and knew what was going on and is apparently you know according to also like other like you know um allegations like kind of a shitty angry abusive little man um i don't know how tall he is but you know i agree <laughs> just i don't know the, every picture of him makes him look like he's you know this little like joe pesci figure which i mean i mean he can also be really big. i mean if he's not and he's hugely tall oh he's you know what 
he me... doesn't deserve my my acknowledgement of his tall of his tallness right now. <laughs> tall people can still be little. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, is... a, that's a very good, okay. <laughs> very he's good five, metaphor. Six. He's not huge. There you go. I'm literally, I'm, I'm taller than him. <laughs> I'm taller than Bobby Kotick. <laughs> he's worth so, eight billion dollars. Yeah, so this, so that's, so that's, that's what I mean, right? It's just like for him to step down, but still like have a controlling interest in Activision to still have like a majority share is like just just stepping down at this point. It's 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 exactly the same as him taking that like pay cut. It's just like okay, that's great, but it, it's it's far too little, too late. You have way too much money that we all know this isn't like a big deal for you. Like it's just an empty gesture at this point. But that, like, my point is, if he did that that would make people happy even though it doesn't mean well, much i don't the, the, know why that, he's not because that's, it that, doesn't but, matter that's my argument is that i don't think it would make people happy because like just because no, the no. people who people who, would, who still at activision blizzard would would still know he has like a like you know a vested interest in the company so even though he's, he's not, not gonna, there he's, anymore he's not going to sell his shares so well like, absolutely at, yeah i mean the answer is if you don't at that point there's nothing you can do what you can do is say, if he steps down and some people are still like, why is he even associated at all? Like, you can't force that. Like, he can own yeah. things. Like, you have to have some restrictions on what you can expect. No, that, that's true. I just, it's like, it's that I whole mean, thing like, where like... There's a lot of the, companies that are, there's a lot of companies out there that are, they're partially owned by crazy, crazy people. Yeah. You can't, you just don't buy those, at that point, don't buy those products or don't deal with those companies. But, yeah. If you want to see him make a gesture that like people would be like, yeah, okay, at least he's not directly involved, that would be one. Like at least his his influence isn't directly happening to the day to day. And that's all it's, you can really expect. It's sort of the sad reality, I think, that like the realistically, like like what needs to happen at Activision Blizzard is just like a top to bottom, like clean sweep. But realistically, like that's not going to happen. Oh yeah, no, that's it's, yeah. All the best we can really is, hope for is to, is to have the head cut off the snake, essentially. Yeah, exactly. If the you body will still be there. But... If you yeah. have the the person that enabling that behavior gone, even if he's tangentially involved, at least the person that takes over his position won't let that happen. And it makes it a little easier for the situation to kind of progress into the next stage of being a better company. Provided, of yeah. course, that he has no say in who uh, follows exactly. him. Exactly. If he says, someone, no you know my second in command? He's now in charge. Like, oh, cool. The Supreme yeah. Leader is dead. Long live the Supreme Leader. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Anyways, the best of, best of luck to Jessica Gonzalez with her new position, but uh, and hopefully yeah. the movement can continue forward without her, her leadership. Um, we're all we're all written for you guys inside there. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I want to see Activision Blizzard. Like, there's so many good people that work there. It is such a good range of talent that I hope it can come out of this and be a better studio. Absolutely, but, yeah. But it, it is up like I I say again, boycotts don't help uh, these situations because you are punishing the people that are on the ground level. Like, if you don't buy the new Call of Duty game to in solidarity of the people that are working on these games they will just get fired because their game didn't sell well. The people in charge won't get fired. They will. So yeah. it's 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 really a hard situation to deal with, and it just show, throwing support behind the people is all you really can do. And actually, uh, yeah. one, one thing I have noticed, just uh, following Blizzard on LinkedIn, as I have forever, 
for some reason. Um, <laughs> I've, I've seen a lot of uh, people posting, oh, I'm starting a new position at Blizzard, and they seem genuinely excited, and it yeah. like, seems to be some new voices coming in there, so hopefully that will help turn the ties a little bit. But I mean, hopefully, that's the answer. That's all you can really do is bring new talent in, push the bad talent out, and hope for the best. And then be vigilant if things don't evolve or don't change. Mm-hmm. And then journalists to report on it when it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, as, 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 I mean, and and this is a, this is a whole thing for the entire like industry too, is that like, you know, journal, I think definitely journalists probably need to do better at it too, because like as much as like, you know, we, we take efforts to cover these stories when they happen, like these things are very easily forgotten. And I think people, a lot of like companies bank on that whole thing. Like, like who, who here is still talking about the, like the, the Ubisoft you know problems and I mean, you know, people the talking about that. far cry came out and everyone was like oh right yeah video games hooray like you know it's like it's there's there's a, there's a, there's a very fine line to be walked i think where as much as 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 journalists we're, we're sort of put in a no-win situation where like these are important stories that need to be told and even after they happen despite the fact that like video games are still coming out and we you know we need to talk about them because we need to create content so we can keep our websites afloat and have jobs like you know we can't let we can't let people off the hook right like it's still they still need to be held accountable you know because if we don't and we just get you know just get excited about the video games and only talk about the video games when they come out and then that's all then that's all people and even like people who who consume the media are gonna just be like focused on right like they're they're just going to move on from the one story to the next story and then be excited for the next you know assassin's creed yeah and and, and not to put too fine a point on it but like uh that's pretty much been codic's whole mo with all those empty gestures like oh here's a mm-hmm. here, here's a placation move oh you're still mad at me here's another one yeah oh look at that call of duty's out now don't you love that yeah it's stalling for time but yeah uh, i agree with that Moving along, though, uh, we got a little <laughs> bit of update this week on the Book of Boba Fett, which uh, premieres later this month after Hawkeye wraps up. Uh, short little 30-second teaser, which was quite different in tone from the first one. The first one made it seem much more like a crime drama, whereas this one brings some of the intensity and action. Um, hinting at uh, footage of Boba Fett recovering from the Sarlacc pit and all this other sort of uh plot points that people have been speculating on for a while so uh, did you guys catch that trailer i didn't but i did see how like excited you were getting on twitter about his new like armor i i, I don't know why <laughs> that just looks so much better to be the black underneath it. I just, yeah it's like yes this has been missing for all these years and now it, looks it, so it, it is a very clean look i'll be honest i think it was like comparatively to the old uh boba fett like because even like even like in the in the like in like Empire Strikes Back and uh, and to to a lesser degree Return of the Jedi like the the coolest thing about Boba Fett might just be the helmet like so like now he actually looks a lot more like like put together as a kind of like Mandalorian mm-hmm. uh, warrior. Yeah, like like the old look had its had its mystique. Like he had the the coiled braid that turned out to be like a Wookiee scalp braid, which was like this whole you know there's there's layers of character and lore behind the suit. But uh, the new presentation, I, I don't know, just looks so much sharper. Like, like you said, it, it brings it up to the level of the helmet itself, which launched an entire empire. Like, that's why the Mandalorian is such a big success. That's yeah. Why there was, you know, the Mandalorian plot lens and the Clone Wars were so successful. It's pretty much all from the design of that helmet. <laughs> so. Yeah, it looks um, badass, even though he, like, died by, like, 
<laughs> yeah. Jetpack sailing and falling into a Sarlacc pit. So, you know, that's cool. He died in a Marx Brothers routine. Cha-cha-cha-cha. <laughs> 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 he looked cool. Like, yeah. oh, he just fell. That's cool. But yeah, that's that was the whole thing. He, so the only thing is that he did look cool. So I mean, and 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 I've long been one of those guys who's just been like like kind of um kind of weary of you know the the like you know how like the 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 sort of overrated nature of Boba Fett, and then like but like the way that they sort of rebuilt the character in the second season of The Mandalorian like does actually kind of make me genuinely interested to see like see how this plays out and like like get a little bit more info on him right like they're actually they're actually putting something behind this character who really was in the beginning like just a look yeah, yeah i mean four i lines, sorry, it was really really small yeah there was yeah like it was like a look and, and, and cool toys like the the one shot rockets out and stuff and yeah kids and yeah, like I, I, I didn't really latch on to Boba Fett through the movies, but through the books and comics afterwards, like I, because I, I started, I moved on from the comics to all the expanded universe stuff as a kid, and that's where I started to kind of appreciate him because he actually did cool stuff in those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, like later on in the books, he like he eventually helped like train one of Luke and Leia's kids to fight the other one. Like there's some cool because stuff. Because why wouldn't there. he? Like, yeah. Well, because Mandalorians are, are by that point were established as like anti Jedi units essentially. So are they? Yeah, their their whole the whole design by some writers is to like counter force powers, so like Jedi can can grab you with the force and pull you closer. Well, he can also grab you with a grappling hook type of thing. I mean, um, yeah, okay. it wasn't that the and whole like, thing with the dark saber too. Like they were like he like like the leader of the Mandalorians could have a a thing to actually combat a Jedi. Yeah, and uh, like with Knights of the Old Republic too, like uh, Revan incorporated some Mandalorian stuff into his into his mystique so yeah there's a mm-hmm. there is a history there in the expanded universe again in the movies though boba fett just boba fett or it's the, it's the boba fett boba fett and then he yeah. launches into a pit so, so <laughs> yeah. stupid well then and it's also it's not only oh it's it's not only that it's it's also the fact that in return of the jedi when he shows up like it's kind of a it's kind of a small thing but it bugs me but that like darth vader has to specifically single out boba fett to tell him to bring han solo in alive it's like if he's this amazing bounty hunter why did he need that like clarification like if the if the whole if the whole if but if the whole like a bounty hunter like takes on a bounty if the bounty is bring him in alive like he shouldn't have to be singled out by vader to be like that means you boba fett to like these these things happen right yeah you know what i mean <laughs> silly boba fett always killing his targets oh boba fett <laughs> the other thing that's kind of cool with the trailer too that i thought uh was that tamora morrison's getting such a cool moment here um like he's he's like a, he's a famously like amazingly famous actor in in new zealand in new zealand and I feel like the prequels didn't really use him a lot. You know, they, they mm-hmm. bring his voice in and whatnot, but you know, this is him really getting a moment to shine. And you saw that in the Mandalorian where they like let it, where he like incorporated Maori fighting styles into, into Boba Fett's character. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very curious to see him specifically in the series as well, as well as Ming-Na Wen, of course. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. But that's I enough. Uh, Star Wars geekery for me. Um, never, never <laughs> enough Star Wars. Literally never. I don't. It's true. It's true. Uh, we also saw a surprising product uh, reveal this week: the Orion Upswitch. Is it? 
is it though? <laughs> it's surprise. I mean, I wouldn't have expected this to come out. Like but... I, I know I made the joke in our in our thing, but it was something I saw like on yep, Twitter yep. when when this when this first came out it was just like, yeah, hey, what if we made the switch and completely missed the point? Like <laughs> conceptually, it's yeah, it's like kind of a cool idea, but it's the whole thing where it's like the switch on its own is so like okay, I guess for those for those who don't know the uh, the Orion up switch is like this like big hd like nice sort of like sc- like screen and I, I guess it's a like sort of like um i don't know if it has like a a, a cpu or a gpu built into it um I think it does but you because I was, I was watching the trailer for it and the trailer is like it's, it's it's a lot of just like you know like it's a lot of just like hype i think it's just a um, i think it's just like a portable screen you can bring with you that makes it makes it bigger but it's but it's supposed to upscale because it's supposed to be in hd all the time um because it basically is docked all the time it actually hmm. a dock. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's yeah, maybe. It, so then there you go. So there's that, and basically uh, a dock that yeah, lets that's you portable. Play. It's a little portable screen, and the controllers kind of flip on the sides, and but it's like, but you're still you're still working off like the switch itself. So like, yeah, it's just like it, it, it seems like a cool idea in the same way those big dumb like magnifying glasses you would attach to your Game Boy seem like good ideas, I mean, like. <laughs> This is at least as a screen, like. But it's like, but this, like this. So this is what I mean. Like the switch itself is built, like you know, like the system is the screen specifically for the portability aspect. It's already built in such a good way that like it like works on its own. So having to have a switch and then also have another screen to play it in handheld in a slightly bigger screen, like. It just seems really stupid to me. Like, why do I want to carry around all this extra bullcrap? On on one hand, I think it might be a boon for accessibility for some people. Like, if if you have trouble playing the Switch in handheld, um, or like feel like seeing it while you're playing the Switch in handheld, it might be a benefit for that. However, okay, yeah, looking fair. at that's the fair. thing, it's like they strap Joy Cons onto an iPad, and I can't <laughs> yeah. imagine that being a good ergonomic experience. Yeah, it looks like it'd be heavy because you have the Switch docked in the back of it. So it's yeah. the, the switches plus the data of the screen. So it's going to be like probably four pounds or something like that. I don't know. It's just a weird thing. And then, yeah, it's just like this giant square with these two little Joy-Cons attached to it. Like it doesn't look good. Like, you know, say what you want about the Switch. At least it looks sleek when you're playing it in handheld. It's a nice like I mean, rounded edges. It's not the word I'd use, but I get you. I mean, I'm trying to it's what, got I'm nice to... rounded edges. I'm looking at the site now to see if they have a weight on it. They don't. Like it'd be neat so to there know, you like, go. How much does it weigh? Because it's making the screen 180, so almost double the size. So you basically have the original switch docked in the back, and then you have the weight of whatever this new screen is. So I'm guessing another at least pound. So you're making it a heavier thing to hold your hand. I don't know. It seems weird to me. It's just, yeah, it's just, it just, it seems cumbersome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like it's on, on on one hand, it's like okay, that seems to make sense, but then practicalities kick in. Yeah, and not not to mention the price tag is going to sell for three hundred forty nine ninety nine Canadian, which really? is pl- almost the price of a switch. That is well, there you way go. too much money. There like you go. Way to way to miss the point, guys. <laughs> so what if you doubled the price of the switch? And yeah. It also has batteries. Like, it, yeah, there's a lot going on. It's there. good. Yeah, and 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 I mean, okay, I, I might need to look at the trailer again. Um, but like this, this kind of it, this this thing doesn't seem like it would work either. With does it have a thing on the back so you, so you can like the if you want to play the it in like slides um, into the back. 
Although, what I, what I mean is that, so like, what if I wanted to use this thing and also, like, play on the go with a friend and we take the Joy-Cons off? Like, it doesn't look like it actually has, like, a kickstand or anything on the back. It does, to, it, like... is a, it is a kickstand. It is a kickstand. Yeah. Oh, it, okay, it does? Sorry, okay, for, I couldn't I couldn't see through the, from the uh, from the trailer itself. It also Maybe if you had screen. it on a table with a kickstand supporting it while you had, the, like, your hands on the Joy-Cons, that yeah. might help bear that weight. But again, that's just, yeah. Other hiccups. Uh, it also has a battery backup power thing you can attach to it that would make probably add another. There's a lot going on here, and I'm as a portable. It's thing, nuts. There's reason you don't want to like you wouldn't want to hold a laptop all day, and it feels <laughs> like this is where it's going to get to weight wise. What is this one part of the the? Yeah, like it looks like it's got like its own separate little like almost like a friggin' like like a frame that you need to like hold. It's like a standing desk. <laughs> It's it's Jesus. A, it's a, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, you're you're Brendan. You nailed it. It is a thing. <laughs> I just don't understand who it's for. I don't. I mean, it's it's made money. I guess it's made like a hundred k, which is not very much money. In all honesty, it's like, hey guys, you know that Steam Deck that's happening? Well, you can have it with the Switch. Just buy well, our product. Steam Deck is also kind of almost the size of a Switch. So like, I don't. Portable screens are yeah. something that. <laughs> I've just never understood. I understand why people want them. I've just never found a use case for myself. I'm always like, but if I'm traveling, I want something small. And if I'm home, yeah. I want something real big. I don't want that middle ground of it's kind of a little bigger, I guess. Brandon, you, you're telling me you didn't want to take your PlayStation onto an airplane with a little screen attached to it so you could play Crash Bandicoot on an airplane? No. <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> also, the yeah. power adapters wouldn't let you power it. It's, it's all dumb. I don't yeah, know. it's all dumb. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if like if my speculation is right that it might be like good for accessibility for some for some audiences, that price point. No, I think that, I think that is, for the accessibility crowd, I think that makes a lot of sense for people that can't see mm -hmm. or they need that extra bit of vision help or whatever. That makes sense. I just but, for the average person, I'm just not seeing where the value is. No, it's not. And, and like I said, it's, it's already considering the Switch is already like well designed for that experience. Like whether or not like, yeah, you want to go with an OLED or like a standard Switch or, you know, yeah. even the light for that, for that matter. Like it's built to be a fairly decent screen, like on the go, right? Yes, it's small, but it's most stuff is in 720. Like that's not a very, I mean, that's not a crazy low resolution. But let's be clear here. It's something on Indiegogo, and it's something on Indiegogo might never actually come to market. Or if it does, yeah. it's never as good as it looks. So, eh. I mean, that's yeah, not yeah. dunking Green on Indiegogo. Assault. That's, that's dunking on the fact that most crowdfunding things are never as good as they look. Yeah, that's a, yeah, well, that's a possibility too. Well, it's true, right? Because and, and and that again, like again, like that's you know, I don't think that, you know, I don't think you're trying to dunk on crowdfunding as well yeah, too. But it's yeah, just like it's it's, no. it's it's the different it's the difference, especially when it comes to technology, where like if you're crowdfunding a piece of technology, like you know that you it it limits how much I think you can do because it's you're not like a big tech company that has a lot of resources to like develop chips and like yeah. outsource and stuff like that. Like you're relying on people to fund your technology well, what, like that's that's a like big gamble doing, what they look like they're doing is using this as basically a pre-order system so they're not really crowdfunding i'm pretty sure they already have the money in place they're already in production this is more of just like pre-order pre-order okay. as a way to kind of get from what it looks like at least it seems like it's more of a 
hey, yeah. we want more recognition. And if you do a crowdfunding, you'll get news stories. If you just sell a product, people will be like, yeah, that product was there. I don't want to tell you. Yeah. It's it's probably fair too to to mitigate like uh like maybe like like um like cost and production maybe like yeah. uh like requirements as well too okay yeah that's fair if it happens prove us like you know show us yeah. <laughs> like we'll we'll check it out yeah but, Orion's uh, as it, as, as, as it stands uh, yeah a little skeptical send could be, us could this be thing cool. could be the uh, the Game Boy magnifying glass <laughs> so weird. I, I used to have I, one of those I, things I actually. No, believe no it why. worked back then, but I don't know. It uh, didn't. <laughs> speaking of Anyways. not not sticking or not working, uh, Heyo, I'm going to push this. Heyo, Heyo Miyazaki. Yeah, it's coming out of retirement Hayo. again, so that didn't stick. I mean, yeah, I'm just, he's I'm done this like what? This is <laughs> the ninth Three, time he's done this. <laughs> uh, but you have the fact that his son is not very good at doing what he did. I've heard so, this. It's it's not the fact he's bad. It's just his films are kind of just like what if DreamWorks made Miyazaki films? And he's like, okay, that's a what thing. was I? Wasn't it? Because I know I know what was it? Um, uh, Earworm and the uh, one he did. Uh, then uh, the I thought I I thought Tales of Earthsea was all right. No, it's not. I thought people liked that one. I haven't watched it, but I have thought I've heard that the, like the, the like that was one of the ones people are pretty pretty okay on. It's it's not very. Uh, one second. I'm going to tell you what ones. That I mean, the book did. is a friggin' frig, so it's like that's a hard okay. one to adapt. Um, I think. <laughs> Tales of Mercy was. It has a 43 on Rotten Tomatoes. That's yeah. Goro Miyazaki. He also did From the Poppy Hill, which has oh, what did he put? That, that one's okay. That one has a 86 on Rotten Tomatoes, and then Eric and the Witch has a 91. But yeah, and I I, I think I, I remember Earwig and the Witch has a thirty, has oh. a thirty. Yeah, but I thought so, most people yeah, were he's... really bombed on Earwig and the Witch because uh, it just like they 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 couldn't wrap their head around the CG stuff. They're like, it doesn't look as good as the original Studio Ghibli stuff. Well, it doesn't. It looks like a bad like game trailer. It looks okay. Yeah. Either it's way, fine. Uh, either way. Um, yeah, so compared to the uh, Hayao Miyazaki uh, films, which get 90s and 80s, the Goro Miyazaki stuff gets 30s and 50s. So, you know, maybe he's like, you know something, I'm going to just leave on a good good note here. Yeah, no, it's yeah, so maybe, funny because you could just... And... just... Just looking at the at the filmography, it's like you know, you got, it's like Tales of Earthsea from Goro. There's also next year Ponyo. Hey, yeah. remember? <laughs> but you know, yeah, from up on Poppy Hill. Then, but hey, remember the Wind Rises? He came out of retirement for that one. Yeah, no, it's and I, I've heard that uh, Miyazaki's very hard on his son. Like he's like, yeah, yeah you should do better. But also, I mean, I don't like the stuff he makes, so I don't blame him. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a <laughs> it's a. It's a tough. Oh yeah, it's a tough one because like like Hayao Miyazaki films are very like you really you either love them or hate them. Like also, yeah, he puts a lot of effort into them. He like spends so much time like perfecting the look of a Java dragon, whereas like yeah, the other stuff looks kind of rushed. 
but I, I honestly, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame you for like watching something, yeah, like Ponyo or like Kiki's Delivery Service or I didn't like um, Ponyo. Side note, but that's okay. Well, pa- Ponyo, like, but like that's that's what I mean. Ponyo is one of those movies where like, or even like, um, almost like like Totoro, where like yeah. there's there's no real antagonist, there's no real like like genuine flow to the movie. Yeah, things just just sort of happen, and then the movie just ends, and it's just like yeah. okay. <laughs> And it's like I guess like that 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 that's a style. It's a very unique style. But like, you know, yeah, compared to something like like Spirited Away, which is like, you know, not only a very good movie in itself, but it actually does really work as like you know, sort of like a three act structure with a clear sort of antagonistic figure. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like it's not hard to not like it, but I think to have to live up to the legacy of. Uh, of like uh, of Hayo like is you know it's a, it's a lot of weight to put on someone it does it certainly doesn't help when like you know everything that he makes seems to get you know completely shit on and then his dad's got to come out of retirement to like you know clean up the mess and make everyone love Ghibli again like yeah I don't know I mean I don't know what's going on behind the scenes but yay more Hayao Miyazaki films yeah Maybe I, I like I like to I like to be optimistic in 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 believing that maybe like you know Hayao Miyazaki is just one of those guys who like says he wants to go into retirement because you know making like animation and making movies is a very like taxing thing. But you know he's he, you know he's such a he's such a creative like you know artist that he can't stay retired and he has to keep you know making stuff. So that's that's my hope. He wants he wants to make sure the studio goes. Out. I think he said he wants to make sure the studio goes out. like he never leaves on a bad note. So. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, some people just shouldn't say the word retire. I think he yeah. just means like yeah. I'm just not going to make a movies for a while. We'll see what happens. Because didn't what didn't wasn't uh, wasn't Sakurai also kind of like floating out the idea that he might retire after like now that Ultimate's I think he's like, finished? We'll see what happens. I'm not promising more Smash Brothers for me. Is all he really said. But then he but then I thought he saw, I saw I thought I saw uh, something where he was talking in an interview about how like if they if Nintendo were to make another Smash Bros like he he would want to be involved with it in some way like he wouldn't want to just like not work on it somehow but he definitely shouldn't be hooking himself up to a friggin' IV to get it done this time. Yeah, like yeah, if they if they do one again in the next, you know, whatever they really can't do it with that at least talking to him. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to throw it out there. There is a reverence for game creators that we should let the, that we might want to ease up on. I mean, like the concept that a game, like Kojima is what made Metal Gear. Yes, but it's a team of people make these games. It's more yeah. Of, like the reason that um, Metal Gear uh, Metal Gear's what was it? Survive? What was that mm-hmm. one they they did yeah. afterwards? Uh, the reason that was bad was most of the Kojima studio left. Also, they released that thing without a real storyline. It didn't make any sense. It wasn't the fact Kojima wasn't involved. In fact, they didn't put effort into it. You well, can I make think a I good th- Metal Gear game and not have Kojima. I say that for every creator. Like you just have I- to put the same effort they do. You can't you put a name on it and expect it to do as well. Well, I think I think there's a certain degree of like, um, you know, when you especially like especially with like some of these more like um, like auteur developers, right? Like, you know, and, and this was something I, that I was I was thinking about, but I didn't end up saying it when we were talking about Activision. Um, is that like uh, you're like you're right? I think a lot of people do forget that like you know all these games that we love and 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 and, and like want to play, like they don't just come from. 
like studios, right? They come from people who work really hard on them and make them. Um, and that's true for, yeah, for a lot of these games, you know, when it comes to games like by, you know, when you look at the, like the guys, like, yeah, like, like, um, like Suda 51 or yeah, like Kojima or, um, uh, uh, I, I, I wouldn't say that, um, you know, even like, like guys like Peter Molyneux, who, you know, we kind of all know how, how that guy kind of turned out, but like, it's like, there's, you definitely, you, you, you need, you definitely need a person, I think, who acts as the vision like that's i think that's more the reason why i would say survive failed because survive was a very cynically made kind of game not to say people yeah. didn't work hard on it and 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 pour their 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 passion and their and their art into it is that it just it didn't have the vision that kojima brought to it you know and in the I mean, same I, way I, that like alternatively like a game like Death Stranding is very, very divided because like it's like Kojima's vision is plastered on that game 110%. Like, so it's like there there are limits. There are like, I think, you know, you need a, a team of people who are definitely going to like try to like rein shit in. But like that, it's, it just comes in part and parcel in making video games. Like, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto is another one, right? Like he, they, there are a lot of people who, who like make Mario and make all these games a success, yeah. but that you know when when that guy has an idea, he he makes it happen, right? I think yeah, guiding force behind any project is important. And if you don't, mm -hmm. if you just basically have like yeah, I'm a marketing guy that brought in. I just looked at charts and said these are things that do well. Let's see if it makes a game. It's going to be yeah. less fun to play than someone that says I have this idea of X Y Z. X Y Z might fail, but at least it's different. If it's just like yeah, people like chickens and guns and i guess we're a frying pan in there too because i saw that somewhere so that's what the game is i don't know yeah <laughs> then you get players of node battlegrounds <laughs> yeah but my point uh, is and the, the, yeah. the, like those, those franchises that have that had their creator kind of step back and, and and have continued to do well like mario and, and final fantasy to an extent too yeah. they, they stayed in touch with the creator through those transitions yeah there was attention paid to like well it was just uh, certain things I was just about to say that, yeah, because you know that is a that is a big thing when it comes, especially with Nintendo, right? Like, like mm. you know, you look at a at a game like, um, like what you know, Paper Mario Sticker Star, which is you know mostly reviled by the Paper Mario community, but like you know, N Shigeru Miyamoto, like he he guided a lot of the decisions that went into making that game, so he like he had input on it. Um, and you know that and that work like that that works like you know one way or the other like people who want to make a certain game like the guy who kind of created it and like and and saw it and sort of saw through its uh, its development like he's still putting his 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 voice and putting his like ideas mm. into it right like so you know Zelda's no different and you know and uh, like Pikmin is no different right what do you mean? Uh, like, like Miyamoto hasn't actually directed anything since '64. No, right? he just since he's just been on hand for like creative consulting. But like a, a lot of the stories you hear for stuff is like because this was this was the thing. Um, I don't know how many people know this. Any of uh, who is listening to this podcast knows this. But like the whole the whole thing behind the the Captain Toad treasure tracker game was it was supposed to be a Zelda game. Like the, oh, the, right. the the guys who came up with it, like they they pitched this idea to Miyamoto, where like they they actually brought him in this big like square like grid, and they're like, yeah, like you know, we wanted to make this like sort of like semi 
puzzle solving like asymmetric game because you know like zelda has puzzle solving and link like there's no like there's no platforming because link doesn't like platform and miyamoto was kind of like i like the idea but you know let's make it mario instead sure worked a lot now, better, you know, yeah. that was it right you know so like that's the thing right people still kind of come to miyamoto and say like hey we have this idea like how, like you know how can we make it work and he kind of says do it this way <laughs> i mean sure yeah, that and, and that's just goes a lot farther than like just cull- cutting right off cold turkey and going away. Yeah, so, like, Takaguchi did that with Final Fantasy as well. Like he stopped directing after five and uh, moved on to doing the movie, which kind of bombed. But anyways, he was around for a few installments afterwards in that producing advisory role. And... No, the movie's actually surprisingly good. I don't know why people shit on Spirit uh, Spirits Within. The reception was bad. It, it, oh, absolutely. I mean, but, it uh, wasn't a Final Fantasy movie. It was just like, hey, Square Enix made a movie. I guess. Well. I mean, it, it, it's I, a cool, solid science fiction movie with some Final Fantasy themes in it. Yeah. I will argue people expected at the time, right? Yeah, I think people were expecting Final Fantasy VII, but re- I, I, it's as it's as much a Final Fantasy product as any Final Fantasy because, like, the one through line is that, like, you know, there it's it's a it's a semi like sci fi fantasy setting, and there's a guy named Sid. It they it meets all the oh, requirements. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doctor Sid, he was in there. So that's what I mean. Like, it meets all the requirements to be Final Fantasy. But I mean, like, people were expecting. <laughs> Anything they already knew in movie form. I, I think, yeah, they were they were expecting something way more like action focused like and that, like, sp- yeah. And spirited spirits within was a very like thinky movie, <laughs> very I mean, out it was, there. It was a giant cutscene that looked cool and had great hair. Yeah, physics. Ooh, that hair physics. Oh yeah, it, that it hair was, physics it, still it holds up for the time that they put. Well, like the, the facial capture too. Yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> side note. As James Woods gets more crazy, he becomes more the character in Spirits of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's true. <laughs> You're like, oh, he's against type. He's just playing this real like cynical bad guy that believes capitalism is the only way. Oh, that's nope. actually who he is. Yep. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Picture perfect casting there. Yeah. <laughs> but at that time, he was still kind of playing the good guy for some things. You're like, ah, oh, it's just James Woods being against. That. Oh nope, that's him. He loves yeah. Trump. Cool. Okay, that's that's. They've got the perfect cast for that corporate overlord thing. <laughs> With a little dash of uh, Hades from Hercules. Yeah. yeah. So what what was so... that character? He wanted to steal the spirits of the ancestors to make power. Was that yeah. the storyline? He, he, he was, I think he was like, yeah, he was like, or no, he, I think, he, oh, if, okay, because it's been a while since I watched the movie. It was something to do with, he he believed that they were just like, like poison, like up and down, like they were going to destroy the earth and like, but they also, needed to be eradicated. But power line, because they were using the power of them. I think, yeah, that's why I they think, were angry. I th- okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, it was a little little Shinra influence. They wanted to, like, use the spirits as a power source, and it was pissing off the them and the spirits planet and destroying the planet. Um, and that's when, uh, yeah, like, our main character decides, no, we need to, like, set them free and let them be a part of the world because that's just how it works. I forget, was it the, them just using the power of the Earth and it's making the spirits angry, or were they actually taking the spirits and making them power? I, I think forget. they were using the spirits. I can- yeah, it's okay. been a while since I watched that movie. Both sound extremely Final Fantasy, though. So. I mean, yeah. <laughs> also, one of them is yeah. Shinra, and one of them might be this movie, or they could be the same thing. I don't know. Final Fantasy things kind of blend together. Yeah, yeah to a certain fair. degree, they That's do. <laughs> Anyways. That's very fair. Moving on. Moving Anyways. on. Anyways, into our reviews and impressions segment. Uh, who wants to... Who's been playing some stuff this week? For well, why don't we start with Jordan, because 
it's the only game? Uh, yeah, I guess it is. Um, <laughs> and he's going to get so, that review in real soon, I hope. Because, you know. I am. Um, you know, certain certain things kept me from doing it I mean, this been, week. Someone but... could have been doing it on a plane. I'm not saying who. But someone someone was very tired. Um. No, yeah, I'm going to get that. So uh, I have been playing uh, Solar Ash, which uh, I might have talked about uh, previously on a podcast. Because it was um, an embargo, so you couldn't. Did I not talk about it after after we did the preview? I thought I might you have mentioned not. it once the embargo went up. Um, no, okay. you weren't on that podcast because that was when you were moving us on that podcast. Oh, yeah, that makes yeah, that makes sense. Um, Okay, yeah. So this is the, uh, the, the, the sort of like the follow-up. Not, not a true sequel. Set in the same universe, but um, the follow-up to uh, Heart Machine's Hyperlight Drifter, which might be one of the best indie games I've ever played. Uh, it's certainly one of my favorites. Um, this game is not so much like Hyperlight Drifter. It's a very sort of weird, very intricately designed game, um, whereas Hyperlight Drifter kind of played more like a Zelda um, top-down you know, pixel art kind of game. This one is, uh, you know, fully 3D, set in these really big, uh, like, very vertical environments. And the majority of the gameplay just sort of involves movement and speed and, you know, this, like, this like good sense of flow. Um, you're uh, sort of, a, a, like, they're, they're called, like, they're called, like, runners um, named Ray. And their planet is on the brink of destruction. It's sort of like like trapped in the the the, the gravitational pull of a black hole. So I these mean, guys, that they does, that does indeed sound um, like an indie game. Yeah. Well, the the so the thing is that these guys they sort of go into this these black holes and they kind of go to the like the like the apex of the black hole and mm-hmm. um, or like the event horizon and they if they they set up these like. Um, this like this like sort of like this beacon it can sort of like stop the black hole and sort of save the planet but sort okay. of the problem is that like you know p- like previous planets and like even like p- like people who have sort of been trapped in the the hole are still sort of like there so they're all a little bit nuts they're all the, there's a lot of like really like dark lore behind it um it's got a really really good uh, like yeah, like dark sci-fi setting behind it. The uh, the the music is very like Blade Runner esque, um, and just the the just the game feel itself is just so so much fun to play because there is such a good sense of like fluidity and movement, um, and and basically like the way um, the way uh, Alex Preston kind of like explained it when when I was doing the the preview event was that like. The, everything is essentially more or less like a time trial. Like there are some enemies scattered here and there that you can like kind of attack, but like the the main like crux of the gameplay is like kind of like you know getting getting past these like living gates, and in order to do so, you have to sort of like hit these you know these weak spots that are scattered around the level. But you know every every weak spot has like two or three hits that you have to sort of like move along a track in order to get to so sort of like knowing like how to navigate keeping your speed up keeping your momentum going like in order to hit all these things before um before because they're all it's all like organic material and sort of like the way it's explained in the game is that like you know they can defend themselves by generating heat so if you stay on if you stay like on it for too long it'll uh you know it'll generate a heat so so intense that it'll kill you 
So you yeah. everything you have to do is like you know it has to move along this like this like this this um non-present timer, right? But when you really get into it, man, it just works. Like it's nice. so much. It's so like I don't know. I don't know. It, it, and it's not. It's not like super. It's not super hard. It's not super like abrasive for for new new players. Like you can really get into it. And um and they've added little things. Like you, there there is like a sort of a slowdown mechanic to kind of like get your bearings and um and like and know how to move and where to go. Um, the boss fights are really cool too because they're all these like really like like giant shadow of the colossus style like eldritch monsters um but it's the same thing you're sort of like moving along their body and they like you know and and every every time you sort of hit them it chips away at their like they're like shells so you're slowly reducing the amount of like ground you have to move along and um yeah like like coupling that with this like really sort of like intense speed like it really makes for a for a high octane like really intense uh um sequence but oh yeah i've just been having such such a blast with it really really good like is there like a lot of content to go through because i i I had some friends who were excited for because a fall of the hyperlight drifter but they're also uh lamenting the price tag on it like being about half like like a triple a game um you know what there is a there is a decent amount i'd say there probably is a high amount of uh of repay of replayability um they give you like little like mini quests throughout the throughout the levels too like like you find certain characters who you know they're in their sort of like insane babblings like they give you like little like little things to sort of explore and you know there's like audio logs to find and and certain um er, you know with every with every sort of like log you can like unlock a new piece of like armor so you there's like there is like some collectible uh element to it too and the and the armors like they do like they have different effects um so there is there is there is like definitely like a pretty fair amount of content I would say for the game itself and and even the 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 price tag which you know again is still you know less of that of a, a of a of a triple A game but I would say this game does not like it's not like it's not it's like saying that is like a dirty word like this game has a really really like like high amount of polish um like it looks great it does a lot with uh with they i mean they they basically developed a whole like system to like make the clouds like that you like skate on like look really nice and feel really like floaty when you're sort of like jumping off of them and stuff so they they put a lot of work um behind it right the levels are all very like they're fairly large like in terms of just like like they might not be like densely packed but there's a lot to sort of like climb and move through um like I said before, there's a lot of verticality to it, um, and yeah, like I think, and I, I think even after you you finish it, you would still like there's still like a reason to go back to it just because of the just the fun factor of the game of how well the like how good the movement feels is definitely right. worth like keeping, uh, you know, bringing people back to it. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoyed it, but you know, I I really enjoy everything, just like all of like what it's doing, right? Just like and sort of like. The way it, it it definitely feels like connected to like the hyper hyperlight drifter sort of like universe. That sounds great. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Recommend. Go get it. Amazing. Do you want to go next, Brendan? Or... Why don't you go, Chris? I just sure. I'm, I'm giving. I'm talking about something that's far less exciting than you. So. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. The... Your mileage may vary on this one. Um, so this week, uh, I was looking at the Brook Pocket Auto Catch Reviver Plus. It's a mouthful. 
it's that's a, a lot of words. Those are it's, a lot of words. I don't know what any of them mean. So let, let, let's break it down. So the, is the this Pokemon is Go related? This is Pokemon Go. Okay. This, is, this the, the Pocket Auto Catch is a accessory that is made by a company called Brook out of. Uh, I'm blanking now. Um, Brookfield. No. Taiwan. <laughs> Taiwan. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, editing fun go. <laughs> so, but basically, what you're what you're telling me while while we while we stall for time to look for stuff um, is that this is this acts as like that like that Pokemon Go accessory that Niantic or I guess like Nintendo released that like just just auto catch it's like a, the wrist strap just auto catches Pokemon yeah, for you. Yeah, basically. Uh, no, that was the that was the controller that came out with um, Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu, which which acted the same way. Okay, and and okay. also had like a pedometer function, so like you, like you, you could transport a Pokemon from the game. Yeah, and go for a walk thing. and. Just like and the, it would just like, like the, the walker on uh on DS. soul silver and yeah um, so yeah it's 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 similar to the thing that, that niantic put out mm-hmm. um and then was also picked up by another third-party company who I, I i don't remember the name of them at this point they made they made one called the gotcha um it's similar to that in that this has like an automatic function which the niantic yeah. official ones didn't i feel which, that, that is because that's kind of a little cheaty it's yeah it's a touch cheaty it's but didn't but didn't they but didn't they didn't they said it i i because i could have swore that they said it later um oh no no i'm I'm thinking about the there was a feature they added later that would automatically spin pokestops yes it it does that as well but yeah Um, you have to press the button to catch so it's it's a very small little uh fitbit like device almost it's also what i appreciate about it is that it's very subtle there's not a pokeball on it so it's not like you're wearing some big I mean, gaudy accessory i kind of want it to be a giant pokeball on your wrist just to, just to look at it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a flail because i i did try the pokemon the pokeball controller thing once just to yeah. see how it worked and i hated it because you had to like carry this ball around and press a button on it see, just to see if it would work and i didn't mind that i thought because like again like it, it was it, it kind of created that like physical through line that you actually kind of felt like you were going out there like catching pokemon maybe i'm just a big geek that way but I, you are that, that, that is a layer <laughs> of enjoyment to it for sure <laughs> but it's also like i'm a grown adult and i'm walking around with a pokeball and i'm trying to yeah damn ball. straight i am <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't need to announce that i pay my taxes i'm allowed to do this <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, god's sakes um, so yeah it's a it's a very smart little device uh very similar to that other gotcha device as well which i mean to be totally honest, I don't think there's really a big difference between these two third-party alternatives. Um, but I would also say that it's not something you want to play or use every time you play the game because you are going to drain all your in-game resources. Like, this thing really? will eat up your Pokeballs. Yeah. And and fill up your inventory of both Pokemon and items because you're spinning every stop you go by. You're catching 40 to 60% of the Pokemon you pass by, using up all your standard Pokeballs. Like, I was out pretty quickly. Um that was so, a problem I noticed too with the with the Pokeball uh, Go like plus too. It's just like yeah, just how fast you sort of like blows through stuff and like every stop you spin, it's not like a guaranteed uh, like like set of Pokeballs, right? Too. So yeah, like you're just yeah, getting overstocked with there's potions. A lot of you don't need items. Yeah, that I like. I just throw them out at this point. Like I don't. I don't need these basic potions anymore. I keep yeah. like a small stock of you know, Max revives and all that stuff. But uh, the, like the low to middle tier stuff, I don't need. So yeah, no, I mean it's it's not something you want to use every day, but it is also very handy for community day. Um, mm-hmm. I used it on the uh, the community day, like uh, the Shinx uh, in, in November. 
So I, I, I took it out on that, but like on a walk with my family, I was able to kind of, you know, I didn't have to put my head out of my phone if I wanted to ever check it. I could just, you know, check it every now and then and dump some stuff out. Um, and in the meantime, it was catching a good amount of stuff. Like I, I whipped through most of the research goals, but you still have to go in and do, you know, half of manually anyways, because some of them are like, oh, you have to catch uh, or make five nice throws or whatever so it's not going to do that for you but it is going to catch up in bulk if you're looking for you know specific shinies um or potentially perfects although i didn't catch any perfects with it i'm a little mad about that (laughs) but 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 is there because i can't remember if it's like a guarantee that you can even catch shinies with the like accessories because isn't isn't something where like like opening up the screen to like actually like know whether like is like what generates the chance Honestly, I caught more shinies on this community day than I ever have by a large margin. With with um, the accessory or through playing through with, the app? With the auto catch. Okay, okay, okay. I, I maybe caught two of the... I, I, I want to say I, I caught eight that day. I want to say I, uh, that two of them were like manual. Two to three yeah. of them. No, so I, I, it, it is possible to catch shinies with it. Okay. Because I, 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 I honestly thought it was like there was a, there was a whole thing like built into like the way it like generates like shiny chance that you like, like you have to like actually like click on the Pokemon and like, like it like randomly will generate that, that number when it loads up the screen that like, it'll be a shiny or not. I mean, to be fair, yeah, it might it, be doing that in the background. So yeah. Yeah it's, yeah. it's not screen dependent. It's still doing that okay. process. Um, as, as to it being a cheat thing. Yes. But at the same point, any other accessory that's not doing this automatically for you defeats the whole purpose of being like a distraction-free way of doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're like biking or doing something else where you need to pay attention, like, like if you want to go on a, on a nice like bike ride or something or go swim, like, I, I don't know. I was, I was going to say go swim, but that's not really. Yeah. Go swimming with kind it. Of activity Catch some water Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, like if you're, you know, if you're trying to focus on, you know, a, a walk with your family or like, you know, Say you were going for like a, a nature walk, and you got your camera with it. You don't want to be like staring at your phone, but you also yeah want to be doing well, this I, or that. I wouldn't say it's cheating any either, because like realistically, like when 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 it comes to Pokemon Go, the actual form of cheating is like the way people can like spoof their locations and go to different places, or like go to raids or catch Pokemon while they're you know sitting on their ass at home. Like the whole point of Pokemon Go is to is to go right so if you're using accessory so that you're like it's it's sort of doing the legwork for you or i guess doing like the the handwork for you while you're doing the legwork like again yeah it's just it's an added safety feature right like the whole the you know the whole you know like safety precautions at the start of the game is you know is is always like pay attention don't like go into dangerous areas like know what you're doing while you're playing the game that's very hard to do when you're walking around staring at your phone the whole time like as or long as you're the, walking around, you're all around with you and press the yeah. button actively. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, th- even that is still like less distraction than staring down at your phone and, you know, and flicking yeah. Pokeballs at a, at a Pokemon. Like if you're out there walking around, like making the journey, you're playing the game. It's not like it's, it's not cheating at that point. Plus you're also like, like I said, going through all your resources. So if you want to stock up a Pokeballs quickly, there's a quick microtransaction for that. So that's true. Like, if anything, this third-party accessory could potentially make Niantic and Nintendo a lot of money. So, how much know. is it? Like, is it expensive? Uh, the prices vary. I, I, they didn't send me like a listed MSRP, so it, it runs for about sixty to seventy bucks on Amazon, which is a pretty fair price. Like the the gotchas are about yeah. the same, and I'm pretty sure the Pokeball Plus, like the official accessories, are about the same as well. 
Uh, yeah, I think it's by themselves. I think they're about like maybe I want to say thirty nine ninety nine Canadian. I think. Sure. I could be wrong. It could be. It could be fifty. But um, I'm fairly certain uh, that uh, that that was the price they were last listed at. Okay. Yeah. So it's if in 2021, after five years of this game, you're still really into it. Like I still play it to limited extent every day. It's 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 still a good investment, I would say. Like this or the gotcha. Like I like I said, I don't really see any difference between, between the two. Like whatever you can find, go for it. Uh, just don't get the official stuff because it's like I said, not that useful by comparison. But okay, if, you're I mean, still, like, so- if you're still been invested in, in this game, then yeah, I, I I would get this for you know those community days where you really like the Pokemon that's featured or whatever. So I don't I don't know if there's a crazy like maybe this is just because they don't they're not being made anymore and so I just went on Amazon and literally the first the first like result that I got for this for the Pokeball Plus. Has it listed at three hundred dollars? Yeah, Someone's sure taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do not. Someone spend is taking the piss. Atlantic. Yeah, were those but, uh, yeah, were solid, solid little product with a. With a they were available for a while. Yeah, it's weird. I, I can't find like a Best Buy or anything. Here's okay. Here's Toys R Us. Okay, yeah, yeah it's got a list. You're officially sixty-four. So maybe that's why, but this might be the po- this might be no, this is Toys R Us CA. Okay, yeah, it's listed at sixty four dollars now, and that just, that could just be markup, but yeah. who knows? Well, probably no stock, anyways. If there was, I'm pretty sure they're discontinued. Yeah, so. don't spend three hundred dollars on that thing, please, yeah, for the love don't of God. Three hundred bucks on any Pokemon Go accessor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, no, this is has a nice little niche. It's not a must have for every player, but if you're still really into it and you want to catch a bunch of a certain type, certain times, uh, go for it. But be advised, it comes with some caveats. That makes sense. Yeah, very cool. Brendan, I, I, I don't know. I'm pretty excited for what you what you talked about because I've been looking for a record player myself. So I mean, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I looked at the Electro Home Kingston seven and one record player, and it was better than I thought it would be. Like it was, I think it was like three hundred bucks, something like that. And the record player sounds decent. It looks like it looks much better than it should. Like it looks like one of those old record players, an old like. Um, radios from like the 40s and 50s that kind of wood grain with like phonograph yeah, <laughs> yeah not, exactly. not that old we're talking like the 50s <laughs> like the brass dials and all that stuff so it, it has oh that yeah look. um and it feels it's like a wood veneer but it does feel solid enough it feels like they put effort to make it pretty damn good uh it allows you i one thing i did that was neat was that you can you can rip your records to a usb stick if you really want to Using That's the cool. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Um, does it does it still have that same kind of like sound quality? Because I know people always make the argument that record is like better. No, I mean, than like if you if you rip it out, it'll it'll be, be digital. But it was, but will it still like sound like it's coming off of a off of a record player? No, because it's a direct digital input from the uh, the mm. analog input. So I felt it was a little bit different than an MP3, but it was also less clean than MP3. So it's kind of what you want to do with it. Um, do I think it's worth the money? If you were looking for an inexpensive record player, it's good. If you would, and you don't have the space to set up a full record player with a full audio system, a full audio, a full uh, preamp, and all that other stuff, it's a good way to go. Um, do I think it is, if someone's an audiophile and they have a collection of the pristine records, I would not suggest it because. It's not using the best needle. It's not using the best drive system. It's not using the best 
way it fits into the kind of like the back of the record kind of goes out the back of the unit. So there's lots of ways if you're using like a pristine record collection, it could get damaged from this thing just due to the nature of it's not the best thing out there. Mm-hmm. Much like you, if you're, anyone remembers that weird car that could drive on records and play music. <laughs> if yes. anyone remembers that. Because we are all time travelers, apparently. That came out like a year and a half ago. <laughs> oh, did it? I know. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> that was another Kickstarter thing. Um, but my point is, do I think it's fine? Yes. Do I think it's for an audiophile or someone that collects like the very best of the best? No. It's it's It really is depending on... It really does depend on what you're looking to get out of it and what you're looking to, who you're buying it for. If you're looking for someone that casually listens to records every week, sure, it's great. If you're looking for someone that like in, it has like the thousand dollar headphones, they listen in the listening in a quiet room in their armchair, maybe this isn't the way to go. So you know, hmm. manage expectations and it's fine, and it looks pretty, so it's a good showpiece either way. That's true. It, it does look almost like a Fallout inspired, just like that kind of Fallout era. Yeah, it definitely. Uh, sort of look it, it, it looks great. It's not expensive. It does what you need to do, and it's better than the Crosby little like eighty dollar record players. So you know, as long as you manage expectations, it's fine. Yeah, because like the, the, the other thing, speaking of damages in Crosley, is that uh, Crosley has a bit of a rep for warping vinyls entirely. Yeah, so. that's true. Like, I, I don't know how, how Electro Home as a brand fares in that department, but... Uh... And Electro Home is like an old brand. Like They've been around for a long time. How I only used it for a little while on a very select few group of records. It seemed like it was fine. It doesn't seem like it was causing any damage. But as with anything vinyl, because they only make so many and they're very expensive, like a vinyl record now is like 50 bucks. I wouldn't, if you if you're, have a priceless collection, don't buy a cheap player if your record costs more than your player you're doing it wrong let's go with that yeah that sounds about right so yeah manage expectations and it's fine for anyone that has a priceless collection spend the money and buy a proper record player yeah you come this far so yeah why cheap out yeah. now yeah. that'd be weird like you buy like a thousand dollar car or you buy like a million dollar car and you fill it with like unleaded gas like the lowest end why would you do that don't do that you know yeah I mean, uh, let's let's be honest. Stop listening to records entirely. It's the year twenty twenty one. Let's let's get into the future, okay? I want my driving car. I want my self driving car. I want my hoverboard. I'm not going back in time with my phonograph and my my good old fashioned record player and, and the cranking it and sitting around the sitting around the the living room fireplace listening to good old uh, Bing Crosby sing the blues. Like I'm I'm going the opposite way. I, I, I kind of <laughs> I've been staring at like audio, like ours technica or audio technical ones for years, going like, oh, do I want to pull the trigger on this or not? I don't know. Audio technical ones are pretty good. Um, Audio Technica ones are actually pretty good. If you want to put the tri- pull the trigger, Audio Technica or uh, what, what are the other ones that I like? Um, what's it? Technics? Is it Technics? That sounds maybe. It <laughs> <a solid> <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, a Pioneer makes some good record players. Like you know, there's if you really want to invest, we can go on an entire cast about record players. I think we should not do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a separate podcast we're starting on CG. Good, the good old days with Brendan and Chris. <laughs> you know, like, no, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just going to make us sad at the end of it. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm very much a modernist in a lot of ways, but there's a certain appeal to certain having a collection of certain albums on, on vinyl with a nice player, you know, to break out at certain times. But I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think a... vinyl is a great sound. And I have like, I have some, like, I have the Quake soundtrack. I have 
Hotline Miami soundtrack, but Wolf One and Two. Like there's certain things I just love putting on, just kind of like working to, because yeah. it has that like it's a performance and it makes me feel like I'm doing things as I'm doing writing or whatever. Um, but you know, it's like sometimes Spotify is great too. I don't know. Yeah, I was say, there's, there's there's more soul to it than just throwing on a Spotify playlist. But also, the vinyl doesn't send you your Spotify your like your wrapped wrap up. So you know, it's like, yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm kind of okay with that. I'm just saying, can't we just bridge the gap? Can't we just like, like make, you know, we'll put, we'll put some audio, we'll put some record scratch, you know, or something like that, like the, like, you know, effect on it. And you can make everything digital. I think we can, we could simulate the sound of a record in digital. You can't because it's, I'm walking away. We're done. We're done. I refuse it, to it, believe that. We've, technology it's has come far enough, Brendan. I refuse to believe it's not doable. It's inauthentic. It's, <laughs> it's inauthentic. We, we sent William Shatner to space. We could do this. Yeah, um, this is space, the atmosphere, you can mean. <laughs> on that note. Okay, I'm going to throw one thing here. Um, okay. It's, digital's good at doing most things. It's not good at being imperfect. And the reason people like uh, analog because it's imperfect. That's it. So All right, okay, okay, okay. You know, fair, fair enough. <laughs> that's the problem with, like, that's why uh, weird, like, um, synthetic voices always sound so weird because they're so perfect in the pronunciation. Yeah. No one does that. Yeah, Even I mean, that was... Slider, like, slur more people be like yeah that, that was the whole happened. that was the whole plot of the movie tron legacy right was that there was imperfect yeah. programs and clue was like no this cannot be oh yeah that's right it's that's not toronto movie. it's tirana yeah <laughs> Tur- Slur your words and you're good <laughs> <laughs> uh, on, on that note how about a, how about a rapid fire what's your plan segment cool uh, uh n- nothing really solar ash and animal crossing i, I actually dipped into ratchet and clank finally so i'm finally playing something that's ps5 like exclusively engineered oh nice um first time playing in one of those games actually so it's it's been interesting it's a uh, really sharp though like a real smooth oh, yeah. experience five i i've only i've only dipped my toe into the ratchet and clank water a couple times and from everything i've seen and heard uh five is very like true to because i think it's not it's not the same studio as it was when it started right the first one this is uh or is it still insomniac it's still insomniac okay i thought i i i thought i heard there was a new it was this one was under a new uh, a new studio because it was it was the same thing with the Ratchet and Clank the movie the game was that it was actually it was made by a, a different studio I, if I'm not mistaken but I could be very wrong about these yeah things. I'm looking it up right now it's Insomniac okay okay so they were all done by Insomniac so no the movie the game one I don't think was oh okay so okay so it wasn't okay so I think I was, I was right about that one I'm looking that up right now as we as I stall for time <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no um yeah and I, I that was the one that was one Chris that I, you know not, not to take the spotlight away from you but that was one that I actually was genuinely like anxious to get a ps5 from because i heard that like that's the first game that like it feels like a true um insomniac ps5 the, game insomniac did the remake for the, the movie the game uh one that called ratchet and clank which is basically based on the movie the game yeah it's just based on the movie <laughs> yeah and that one is called just called ratchet and clank and that one was, uh, was done by insomniac and was significantly oh, get out. better than the movie apparently yeah it's okay okay cool yeah okay so I, okay so i was wrong i thought that i thought that was the one that wasn't made by it but people still like were actually like yeah it's, a, it's not a bad game <laughs> I'm only looking at what I see, so... Okay. Yeah, no, uh, like, Astro's Playroom for me was, like, a really cool experience, really smooth. Yeah. And a tech demo. This it was, is it was, that same level of, of smoothness and impressive technology, but a full-fledged game. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm still very early on in it, getting, like, like learning this whole franchise, essentially. But, mm-hmm. uh, no, I'm very impressed with it so far. Very, 
very impressive experience. Yeah. It was uh, it was pr- it was genuinely amazing just like watching people play it to see like yeah like you know because of the the power of the PS5 right like though you know like just like just you know jumping into those different dimensions like you know mm-hmm. what, it, what what like on on older consoles what probably would have been like needed to be sort of like hidden behind a load screen or something like that like in you know trick trick gameplay like it's just like instantaneous it's just like one second you're here now you're here yeah, yeah and like. Uh... I, I was thinking about this because like half the time when I've when I've done those riffs, it's just to warp across the stage, which in itself is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. It's not a frame drops. Like I'm I'm playing on performance mode, and yeah, it's I've not seen a single hint of any kind of slowdown or anything or any kind of lag or really any loading times outside of like scene transitions. Um, but even when you're jumping into riffs and going to a whole different environment, it's the same. Like it's amazing. It's uh, yeah, it, it really it really shows off what the PS5 is capable of. Or, or just even like firing weapons because like each one has a like a half trigger press and a full trigger press function mm-hmm. um so e- like even that in itself has been applied really well like it that's a that's a kind of like controller gimmick that might have been easily misused or underused mm. uh but no it's very good very good effect here so far so yeah if you want to believe in the power of the ps5 or if you're buying a ps5 this 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 holiday season and you have to buy ratchet and clank with it as you do with some retailers it's worth it. It'll, it'll it'll show it'll really show you what's worth. Or that, or the Dark Souls game. I believe the ones that like everyone's suggesting PS Five right now. Yeah, Russian Clank's a bit more accessible. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> Dark Souls isn't going to uh, impress your six year olds. <laughs> I mean, it will. It's just really hard to play if you're six year old and turn them off of games forever. <laughs> yeah, it will make them hate gaming, and maybe that's your goal. Maybe you want to make sure the game is all for you. I that's don't know. True. I'm not judging. That's yeah, that that is a goal you could have, I suppose. That is a thing you can do, and I'm not going to judge if that is. It's not for us to say. Yeah. Um, did Did you catch anything this week, Brendan? Um, I watched. I, I can, I'll tell something. I was gonna I was gonna review, and then just have another chance. That new anime on Netflix, uh, Super Crooks, which was better than it deserved to be. I'm gonna say, <laughs> like it had some heart to it. I like. I really like the animation that's going on, and I liked the concept of a world with superheroes, and some people just decide to be dicks with it, and that's, that's fine. That's authentic. But what if you had a heist movie with superheroes? And I was like, that's kind of neat. Right so on. I, I, I gotta check it out. I, yeah, it's it's like 13 episodes. It's like what is that? Like five six hours worth of content. It's really well animated, and it looks real neat. So, you know, I think it's actually quite interesting. Um, I think it really does some interesting things with the subject matter, and it takes the fact that it's following super villains, I guess, uh, as a neat way to kind of throw the superhero uh, concept on it on its back in a way. Uh, and it's on Netflix, so if you have Netflix, it's there. I don't know. Yeah. Didn't the new JoJo movie, uh, series arrive on Netflix this week, too? I mean... JoJo's a thing that's in, it's impenetrable. I'm not going to try. <laughs> someone, was, like, someone was talking through the whole series yesterday, and I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, it sounds did, neat, uh, but I don't think I'm going to have time to do that right now. Did none of us watch Cowboy Bebop live action? I watched half series? of it that I'm like, I. it feels like people cosplaying on, on a green screen because they really like the <laughs> show. And then they're like, what I if heard... you made a movie, a show with that? And I was like, all right. That's I heard cool. it was. I heard a lot of people say it was really bad. And then when I was talking to, uh, you know, friend of uh, CG Gavin Sheehan, yeah, 
the other day and he was like it's no it's really good people are just mad because it's not the anime and i was like yeah that does sound like people I yeah just i've, I've, I've seen the, a few camps on it too i've seen, i've watched it i don't have reverence for anything because i'm a, a yeah. old man. Um, <laughs> but i love the original anime i don't view this as the same thing do i think some things they've done are cringy oh yeah do i think <laughs> um do I think it does well by the subject matter? Not really. Is it fine in its own right? It feels like someone cosplaying as something else and they made a show. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. That's a Do thing. I think Keanu Reeves should have been Spike? Yes. I mean, <laughs> John Show. No, I heard, I heard he is good. I heard he's good. He's fine. It's just the fact Spike Spiegel is supposed to be like 27 years old and John Show's like yeah. 50. So That's you know, why you get Keanu Reeves. He's ageless. I mean, he's. I think he's actually well, older than John. Schoen. He's a, no. Uh, well, yeah, but he is. But he's also been, you know, the same age since the like eighteen hundreds, right? That's, he that's fair, yeah. He's mostly ageless, but <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's the, the um. It'll probably do fine. They'll probably make a second season. It's some some of it's real cringy. Some of it's fine. It's a thing that exists, and it doesn't take away from the original, but it's also not good. Oh, you know what? Speaking of just like a weird, like tangential thing here that we didn't really talk about in the news section, is did you guys hear that uh, um, they recast Henry Cavill in the Witcher anime series? I heard that. It's real dumb. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, they did. Uh, I'm not sure. There's no real reason why. They just um, they they. I guess they decide. I mean, if I if I was a betting man, I would say that uh, it was probably just like a you know like a probably like a monetary thing, like you know. Because uh, apparently, like the the production of the third season has been like delayed a lot, and I think even the second season got got delayed about a lot. And I I'm I'm fairly certain COVID was a big like you know proponent in that reasoning. But you know, I think uh, if I don't think I don't think it's I, you know if you want to believe rumors that like you know because I've I've seen people like throwing rumors out that it's like oh you know because Henry Cavill was attached to Superman and that movie tanked so now he's got like a bad name in Hollywood and no I, th- I think like, what it is it's just it's probably monetary or the fact that exactly yeah I think because of the delays and everything that's been it's probably they've been having troubles with having a big a big like money pulling star like Henry Cavill attached to it, uh, it or probably or scheduling. Cable I mean, or cable. Yeah, yeah, scheduling like, too. Yeah, exactly. He, has, he is a busy man. He's in a lot uh, of yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. And like, we, this show makes enough money. We need to make sure it's on schedule. And if you won't be available for the next year of shooting because of something else, we're going to have to find someone else because they don't want to wait an entire year to get another thing out. And that makes sense. But I don't no, absolutely. Total, total speculation here. So, yeah. Could be because he's going to that Mass Effect rumored project. Amazon, which... Isn't that also Netflix? <laughs> I mean, honestly, Henry Cavill's a, he's a fun actor. He's dating someone that's like 21, and that's weird, but that's fine, I guess. Yeah, people have done worse, I guess. <laughs> he has really sexy videos where he make, builds computers. Yeah, he's apparently a, 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 a giant like like PC like gaming nerd. Uh, yeah, he, he is like straight up like TikToks and YouTube, uh, not YouTube, um, Instagram videos where he just builds computers and like sets up water cooling and stuff. I'm like, that's that's a thing. Because you know, what else can you do with your time? But uh, also, so Henry Cavill's my age. Like uh, he's uh, 38. Uh, like how, do, how how does that make you feel? Yeah, I was gonna say, how does that make you feel, Brendan? <laughs> There's a lot of ways to read that. I mean, I I feel younger. Um, but also, the- I feel older, and I thought he was older. 
There's a there's a whole joke about how uh, John Cena and John Oliver are the same age, but like when you stack them side by side, like it's I hilarious that John Cena looks older than John Oliver to me. He does. But, I mean, yeah. but he's also like you know cut from goddamn stone. Well, that's, I that's got nothing to do with age. I was wrong. Henry Cavill's girlfriend's 32. That's totally fine. Like he's oh, wow. not dating. Okay. Yeah, that's totally yeah. fine. I retract my earlier comment. Okay. <laughs> the, the tabloids just make it seem like he's super old, younger. I'm like, no, it's six years different. Who cares? Yeah, it's not that bad. Especially, yeah, especially not, in your funny. 30s, it's not a big deal. No. Anyways, yeah, uh, good times. I think that's uh, that's going to do it for us for today. Amazing. Uh, if you'd like to read more on these topics and more, you can find full coverage at cgmagonline.com. Be sure to follow CG Magazine on all the socials. Just search for CG Mag, you'll find us. And if you've enjoyed today's discussion, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or your podcast service of choice, or tell your friends. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. And uh, Brandon, where can people catch you? Uh, you can find me at dfry26 on almost all the platforms. And Jordan? Uh, you can find me at NinjaXJordan on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, and you can find me on YouTube at Ninja Jordan Reviews. And I'm on Twitter at Hookafee, that's H-O-O-G-A-T-H-Y, and we're on Twitch at Guild2Taps. Uh, thanks again for joining us, and we'll catch you next week.